All right, Ole Miss comes in at number nine in the college football playoff rankings. We're going to react to that. We're going to talk about the huge football game against number two, Georgia, coming up this weekend and the beginning of basketball season. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Ole Miss comes in at number nine in the college football playoff rankings, and I will do this real quick. It might be weird for a second, but there you go. This is this week's college football playoff rankings, and you can look down. Kansas State only fell down to number 25, so Texas still has a top 25 victory. North Carolina makes a reappearance. I guess that's good news for Georgia Tech. Tulane moves up to number 23. Um, Iowa's in there at number 22. Arizona makes the list. They've been on a massive winning streak. They're six and three right now. Notre Dame has no business being in there. They're fraudulent. LSU is still in at number 19. Utah at number 18. OU is 17. Kansas at number 16. Oklahoma State at 15. Missouri only fell two spots after losing to Georgia to number 14. Tennessee's on the list at number 13. Oregon State at 12. Louisville at 11. Penn State at 10. The Ole Miss football rebels at number nine, Alabama at number eight, Texas at number seven, Oregon at number six, Washington at number five, and then the final four is Florida State, Michigan, Georgia, and Ohio State. All in all, there's not a whole lot that I can complain about. The only thing that I was worried about is they were going to jump Ole Miss with Penn State, which they did not do that. Um, since Ole Miss wins, if Ole Miss beats Georgia this weekend, Let's say Ole Miss goes to Athens and wins the game over the Georgia Bulldogs. Ole Miss is going to jump Alabama and Texas. It it doesn't matter. Georgia will be the best win in the country at that time, and I think Ole Miss is going to reap the benefits of that if they get the win. That's when all of this eye test and all that is going to become the forefront other than a resume. People are going to say it's impossible for an Ole Miss team to jump Alabama. Well, this Ole Miss team that beats Georgia is a different situation. Now, if you get to the SEC championship game and Alabama beats Georgia, maybe it jumps back the other direction. But week to week, that is how this is going to work as well. Really interesting stuff. Tonight on the show, we're going to have Brad Logan at about 7 o'clock Central time. He's going to stop by and talk some Ole Miss Georgia, has some college football ranking reaction. We're going to have Derek Vandegriff and – um. Dalen Flowers said they were going to stop by as well. So we will have them talking about all of this, you know. The main thing is Ole Miss at number nine. This is the third highest ranking. That's weird to think of that number nine is the third highest ranking in the college football playoff era behind, I guess it was number four in 2014 and number eight in 2021. This is the third time behind all of that. Let's open up and look at the comments real quick. What's going on? Um, the Daniel Kelly says, I hate these rankings. They don't mean anything this year. Uh, they don't, but they do, if that makes sense. And IE number nine is crazy. The history of Ole Miss is taking its turn. Time for the playoffs after defeating Georgia. I'm, I'm excited. And then the next one says, nobody is beating Georgia. Th- that's true. Georgia's the best team in the country. 
Now, they can lose a game on any given day, and if the weather's crazy and all the stars line right, Ole Miss can win that game. Ole Miss can win that game, and we're going to talk about that in the later on part of the show. But if Georgia comes out and plays their best and Ole Miss comes out and plays their best, Georgia's going to win the football game. That's just the way this works. Georgia's a 10-point favorite for a reason. Uh, Randy Cross says Ole Miss is going to beat Georgia. You're crazy. Yeah, it, it, we're getting pretty fired up at the moment. Jerry Marshall says, oh, yeah, I believe this Saturday is the day for Georgia to fall. Ole Miss fans actually are starting to believe a little bit. You've got the nine by your name. Georgia's got the two by their name. All of that excitement is going on. And Ole Miss fans are really jacked up. And if you look at my view count, go go down and, hit, first of all, hit subscribe if you have not. If you have, please tell a friend to hit subscribe. And if you want, listen to this podcast on one of the other mediums, go to the YouTube page and hit subscribe for me. But Ole Miss fans are starting to believe what's going on right now. They're, they're starting to believe they can make some noise in the college football playoff ranking. They, they think it's their time. There's a belief amongst Ole Miss fans that is their time. And, you know, it's a situation, whenever you play games like this, eventually you're going to win one. You know, Clemsoning only became a thing because they kept losing this game. You know, whenever they'd finally make it to the edge and they'd hit, they would lose this game. And then they finally got over the top of it and ended up winning a couple of national championships. But you need to get these opportunities to have a chance to lose them, to we are Ole Miss them or whatever. And then eventually, you're, if you keep knocking on the door opportunity-wise, you'll eventually break it down. And maybe this Saturday is the break-it-down point. This isn't 2003. This isn't 2015. This isn't even 2014. 2003, when Ole Miss beat LSU after that game, everybody knew that Eli was graduating. And it wasn't an overall talent-type thing that Ole Miss was dealing with. So that moment was not this moment. That moment was not, anybody would say, that was not a echelon-defining moment for Ole Miss sports. It was a big game. It was a massive game. It was a huge game. It was goosebumps time in Oxford, Mississippi. That's all the case. But for the program, it wasn't there. Even Ole Miss fans were firmly saying, no, we're, we haven't arrived. But it was like the first flicker that Ole Miss had kind of gotten a arrived on the scene. And then Houston Nutt takes Ole Miss to back-to-back -back Cotton Bowls for the first time in 50 years. And Ole Miss won those. And then after that, Hugh Freeze came over and the Alabama happened, and that was the echelon-defining game. That is the point where from 2014 to now, Ole Miss has been in four out of ten access bowls. Four years out of ten, Ole Miss has been in access bowls, if you count this year. And that's assuming that Ole Miss doesn't drop the game against ULM or uh, Mississippi State. That's even with a loss to Georgia. But four out of ten years, that that – that's showing a different floor, a different level of your program, two separate coaches, all of that happening. This Georgia game, we have reached the point where Ole Miss needs to win a game on the road. The next echelon game for Ole Miss football will be on the road. So Ole Miss needs to win in Tuscaloosa or needs to win in Athens for that echelon-type ball game. Really, really interesting stuff. Um, in the chat right now, 
got Dustin saying, I feel good about the game Saturday. Just got to put it all together for on four quarters. Yeah, they they definitely need to play a full game. And we're going to talk about the Ole Miss-Georgia game here in a little bit as well. But it should be pretty cool. Daniel Parker with a, what up, Willis? Thank you. What up, dog? Daniel. Um, I always say, what up, dog? Um, hope everybody is doing well. All right. This this is a big ranking, honestly. It's the big ranking, what's going on. And that number nine ranking is more than acceptable for Ole Miss football right now. If Ole Miss beats Georgia, they're probably going to be fifth or sixth. With ULM and Mississippi State for them to hopefully get up into four. Ole Miss needs some chaos, by the way. I, I'm thinking about... I'm thinking about doing a segment. I'm thinking about doing a segment um, if Ole Miss beats Georgia, like during the week against Louisiana Monroe and Mississippi State and even the national champ or the the conference championship week. It's like a root for chaos week. These are the games that you need to root for the other teams so their strength of schedule goes down. Um, I mean, Ole Miss has to win this week. That's an incredibly tall task because Georgia is basically the 85 Bears. Uh, but if Ole Miss can get past that game, would that be something that everybody would be interested in? A segment is like, hey, we need to really root for Rutgers in this weekend because if Rutgers beats Illinois, you know, it affects the strength of schedule of other teams. If that is something that you would guys would be interested in, let me know. Um, Joshua Triplett saw the ranking and had to tune in. Thank you very much, Josh. Um, yeah, Ole Miss number nine in the college football playoff ranking, and honestly, Ole Miss deserves it. Ole Miss might deserve to be higher ranking than that, honestly. Um, Chauncey says he agrees with Lane. This is house money. I'm fine with the loss as long as we show who we are on the field. The only thing that would upset me is a blowout. If Ole Miss went there and what happened to Ole Miss is what happened to Kentucky, if it's like a 50 to 13, I, th I think that would bother me. If Ole Miss loses a 27-24 game, that's not going to bother me because the negative repercussions of it, other than missing the playoff, is, it doesn't exist. If Ole Miss wins that game, I'm going to start crowing and you're going to start hearing about all the time how injured Ole Miss was at Alabama, how Ole Miss could win the game if they played now, yada, 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 all that stuff. So it should be pretty cool. Uh, we so much appreciate your dedication, James York. Thank you very much. And Joshua, thank you, by the way, for the 99 cents. Um, that that's cool. I, I, um, thank you very much for that. And Jacob Moore says we can play our twos for ULM and still win. Yeah, probably. Definitely. And Jacob Moore says, that if we win, I'm going to need bigger pants to hold my cojones. Yeah, if Ole Miss beats Georgia, everybody needs to get ready for what they're going to see from Stephen Willis. And I'm the Auburn fans already hate me. Already. And the Alabama fans are going, it's getting close. The Georgia fans are going to probably hate me after that game, too. And you already have the um, poverty stricken Mississippi State fans who, can't afford to pay their NIL. Um, and, you know, Arkansas fans, actually, I have no problem with Arkansas fans and LSU fans are is kind of all right with me at the moment. But those those fan bases, I'm having 
issues with in Tennessee. If we ever play Tennessee, I know that's going to be a fight. I know that's going to be a fight. Mike Vandegrift says, I believe, and you should believe, Mike. You should believe. And let's see, bring up the band. I'll change this over. Ole Miss is a 10 and a half point underdog at Georgia at the moment. That is pretty cool indeed. I'm kind of producing this myself, so sometimes there might be um, – it's not going to be as smooth as if you see it on TV because it is just me producing this, what's going on. Again, we're going to be joined by Derek Vandegrift, Dalen Flowers, um, and Brad Logan, potentially. Brad Logan, about the 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock hour, he said he was going to join. He texted me. Um, I don't know when Dalen and Derek is going to be in, but they they said that they were going to join us as, as well. People are starting to predict. In the chat, by the way, go ahead and um, put your hometown where you're, where you're watching the show from, um, just so I can get an idea. Um, that's not something we normally do, but I want to get in a habit of doing that, where you're from. I'm originally from McGee, Mississippi. I'm a graduate of McGee High School. Um, some Several people from Simpson County watched the show and um, hit me up at times. But it it should be good. If we win Saturday, where do they rank? Um, Georgia, it probably um, seven. Daniel Adams, Florence, Mississippi. Um, believe it or not, I lived until I was 12 or 13 years old, Daniel, in Florence, Mississippi. David Gibson's in Pensacola, Florida. Go Florida. Daniel Sheen is in Olive Branch, Mississippi. You know, for the longest time, there was a problem with Ole Miss and Olive Branch and big old Tupelo for Jacob Moore. So everybody is checking out New Albany, Randy Cross, Chauncey's in Madison. It's good to know that. And Joshua Triplett in West Jordan, Utah. That's snow country. That's pretty cool. Mark Walsh says, um, I think Q is a better running back than the Mizzou running back. And he played a great game versus Georgia, St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I've got... A crossover, the Thursday, the Know Your Enemy episode is with Corey Burton, who does SEC After Dark with me. So if you want a sneak peek of it, go to the SEC After Dark YouTube channel and watch the show tomorrow night because we're going to be live streaming. But Corey said, breaking down, they have trouble at Georgia in the B and the C gaps, not necessarily the A gaps. They're fine at nose guard, and it's hard to run directly up the middle. But the B and the C gaps have been a little bit inconsistent for the Georgia Bulldogs, and that's when how people have been able to run the football as well. Um, we've got a Utica, Mississippi, Chicago, Illinois, Eric Nissen, um, Clarksdale, Leakesville, Lumberton. Um, the best snow on earth is the state slogan um, for um, Jordan, West Jordan, Utah. Nettleton, Batesville, North Mississippi is representing like crazy. I hope everybody is having um, a good day. Ninth in the college football playoff rankings. You know, we're getting real close to starting to wonder if we're actually living in the gory days, y'all. When everybody talked about what was going on in Dallas, Texas, or not Dallas, Texas, uh, I just read that from Zachary Turba. Uh, We're getting real close to being in, in a glory days, and we're kind of having a moment. And as long as we keep this up, We'll be all right for sure. Uh, David Holly says, watch Locked On Georgia. They're number six, got picked on by Missouri. They also know Dart can hurt them on the ground. 
yeah, any time, any time that you play against a Kirby smart defense, there's two things that has to happen. The quarterback has to play the game of his life and the quarterback needs to be able to run the football. That's the way this defense works. Um, and if you can run the football and the quarterback can do it and Jackson Dart can be that extra runner, all of a sudden they can stress that defense in a unique way and all of a sudden you can get to a little bit of a shootout. Um, James York says, we are in the glory days. And Paul Bedford says, Jedi Jackson Dart Walker is going to lead us in the upset of the year. It's going to be the best win of the year if Ole Miss wins this game. It's absolutely going to be the best win for Ole Miss football. We're going to bring this back up again. Um, the playoff rankings, and we're just going to kind of go over them as well. I really like that I can I can do this, and I, I think I'm, I don't mean to brag necessarily, but I think I'm pretty good at this, honestly. This, this whole producing your own show and doing stuff like that, because there's not many other shows, especially ones that are self-produced, that look as good as what I have. Um, it's pretty good. Jacob Moore says the Georgia podcast have also underestimated our D. That's because they're prisoners of the moment, like all media. And whatever happened at the last data point, they just extend that for eternity. And that is how they view it. So if you look at um, the top 25, what, which, which ranking stands out to you? Whenever everybody looks at that list, what, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Because to me, the first thing I noticed, other than Ole Miss at number nine, is why is Alabama not moving? In any other year, Alabama would drop down and immediately just like boomerang back up. But this year, they're not moving. Why? And I understand they got beat by Texas. and um, But Oregon, somebody, I think Greg McElroy said they'd beaten exactly one team, and that is um, Utah with a winning record. But Utah's sixth. It's interesting. It's interesting. Cash the Real Saints said this. Sorry, this is no miss. How, how can Iowa be number two when they can't score 22 points in a game? You are at, you're on something there, buddy. And Joshua Triplett says, why is Tulane only 23? It's because they're G5. It's just because they're G5. Um, Tennessee at 13, that does stand out. And them going up after beating mighty UConn over the weekend. If we can beat Georgia there, we can probably rest some of our starters for state or ULM. I no, I'm, I'm not there with you, Jay. We, I, I'm the type of person they need. They need to absolutely bury Mississippi State. Just bury them. Um, Jarvis Robinson. Long as Ole Miss gets turnovers, yes, Ole Miss needs turnovers against Georgia. They're going to need a little bit of help. Uh, Dustin says, great show. Thank you very much, Dustin, very much. Glad you watched. Please subscribe. From Richmond, Virginia, Jack Speed says, I've been to all three um, of the big games in the vault this year at the 1968 first night college game in Le Legion Fields, a longtime rebel. Thank you for tuning in, Jack. Um, this has a chance to be a mighty nexus moment for Ole Miss football um, against Georgia. Now, it also has a chance to not mean anything. If Ole Miss loses the game, this game doesn't matter. If Ole Miss wins this game, that's when you get the benefits of this game. James York says, I've watched multiple Locked On podcasts, and you are the dude. 
unashamed and call a spade a spade. Thank you, James. Yeah, that that's what I want to do. I, I want to be the megaphone of the fan. If the fan's really high, I want to be really high. If the fan's really low, I want to be really ho- low. But I'm not just going to say things just to say it. I am going to try and be real about what I'm saying. And whenever things are going to go well, I'm going to come out looking really well. When things are going to go poorly, it's going to look like I miss some stuff because of the way that I am. But I called nine and three. I thought that was an optimistic view. And heck, 11 and one and 10 and two are on the table. This team has overachieved, though not as much as some media would have you believe. This was never a seven and a half win team. And as soon as that over under came out, I was like, hey, who wants free money? Uh, you know, that 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 was free money. Arizona at number 21 lost to state in a six or three. Yeah, seriously, if they could have put that in, they changed quarterbacks after that game, and that quarterback, who was a true freshman, is pretty good. But, yeah. If Ole Miss and Alabama went out, who do you think would get into the playoff if only one did? Um, I think Alabama would because they would beat Georgia and Ole Miss would beat Georgia. So Ole Miss's best win, Alabama would also have. I think Alabama would win that tiebreaker. One bad half of football is going to cost Ole Miss this year, potentially. One bad half of football. That that That's upsetting. Hottie toddy, I was at A&M. What an electric crowd. Tyler Dodson with that one. You are absolutely right, Tyler. And honestly, it wasn't as electric as LSU, and it wasn't – I mean, the crowds in the Baltimore way have been absolutely fantastic this season. Um, Michael Spick's acting for picks. We're not doing picks. That's tomorrow night on SEC After Dark, Michael, which you you know that because Becky's got to get her picks in. Sam I am said we've had so many different strengths in the team show up game to game, and if they can bring out all of those this weekend, um, this game will be the game of the year and one hell of an upset, and that, that's absolutely true. If Ole Miss puts a full game together – Offense playing like they did against LSU and defense like they played against Alabama, Ole Miss will win this football game. But if Ole Miss plays like Arkansas, Auburn, um, Vanderbilt, um, to some extent Texas A&M, if that happens, it's going to be rough sledding because Georgia's a 10-point favorite for a reason. Um, Daniel is a sign of a great coach and staff. Randy Cross, what's your prediction of the game? Eh, It's coming Thursday. Thursday and Friday gets my prediction of the game because I did the Why Ole Miss Wins episode. The, here's, here's a spoiler. I'm going to pick Ole Miss to win the game. Jacob Morse's prediction, 38-24 out of pocket. I know, but I think a Starla play is three years out of Mizzou, and we have Dart. So that's pretty cool as well. Um, Jarvis Perkins is going to be a big key this game. Or Centarian Perkins, I'm assuming it's me. Um, does Zach make it at state? It doesn't look like it at the moment. It doesn't look like it at the moment. Dalen has um clicked in. He's backstage, so he's getting ready to come on the air. If Dart comes back next year with the schedule we have, I think we go 11-1, and one, and I think only loss is going to be at LSU because we never really do good there. Potentially, I think if Jackson Dart comes back, Ole Miss is a favorite to make the playoff next season. Uh, somebody says, nice how the we are Ole Miss crowd is so silent. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, 
My joke prediction is 1,001 to 999 um, Ole Miss. Yes. All three stages have to hit full strides for us to win. Hey, one thing to keep an eye on, and we're going to talk about this as the game goes on, um, special teams are going to be a major issue. All right, we're going to bring Dalen Flowers into the program right now. Dalen, um, we can hear you, buddy. Um, how you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. How about yourself? Doing absolutely awesome. We've been reacting to the playoff rankings to where Ole Miss comes in and gets a number nine ranking. Um, pretty excited. I told everybody that I think the top ten is about what they needed to be. Absolutely. Uh, of course, it's scary this weekend, but we we stay in that top ten, which gives us a, a a boost of confidence going into this weekend. I think. Um, but even though the game was close, I really didn't see us outside of the top ten. I know Penn State had a good game against Maryland, but I still didn't see them over jumping us just based off the way they performed at Ohio State a couple couple weeks ago. Um, and I knew with OU losing um, again for back to back weeks, we were going to slide into that spot. Um, yeah, we, we we control our own destiny right now, though. Uh, you know, I think we just have to continue doing what we're doing right now. I know, I think UT and Bama and Oregon right in front of us in terms of one loss teams, and they all have some terrific wins as well. Um, and so we kind of just have to hold our own and hope for the best in terms of the rest of the pack right now. Yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. And we're going to have Brad Logan on in just a little bit um, from Inside the Rebels. And I think Derek Vandegrift said he was going to try and hop in as well. So it is a interesting situation with these rankings. And you have Tulane that's still ranked at 23rd. They moved up once. They're the only G5 team that are in the rankings. I'm assuming that like Liberty is on the outside of the rankings at the moment. But Tulane has a couple more wins, and they'll probably end up in an access bowl. And I think their access bowl is the Fiesta Bowl. I could be wrong. So the Fiesta Bowl means that that, that bowl is going to be out for Ole Miss football. So what realistically it looks like right now, and we're talking about realistically, well, I don't want to hear any noise about losing to Louisiana Monroe and State because I'm talking about realistically. Um, Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Peach Bowl, or playoff. It's absolutely nuts that that is the realistic possibility for almost football this year. Yeah, and I I love all three of those possibilities because I don't think, you know, Cotton Bowl's in Dallas, uh, Peach Bowl's in Atlanta, and the Orange Bowl's in Florida. Those are three places that aren't too far away for us in terms of traveling, and I think that will help benefit us instead of maybe traveling. I don't know if it's Rose Bowl or something in Pasadena. I don't know if the Rose Bowl's part of a playoff or not, but – uh, traveling somewhere farther, uh, traveling somewhere farther for our players may be a, a difficult scheme for us. So I, I, I'm really happy for those three opportunities. Um, and I think, you know, of course, we've had question marks over the past couple of years, but to think this is where we are placed now. This isn't Ole Miss of 20 years ago. This isn't, you know, the the the, the six or seven best team in the conference, the overlooked team in the state. We're one of the best teams in the conference consistently now. Um, and this is the expectations not only fans should expect, but players and coaches expect of themselves. Um, and I think that is the highest realization of what we have developed here. We've developed a great coaching staff. We've developed, we've developed some great players. And we utilize, we've utilized what college football is in 2023, the transfer portal. Uh, we've utilized NIO really, really well this past year. And we're doing things to help 
continue where we are right now in the future. Um, and so it, it's an amazing time right now. And I hope every Ole Miss fan that has been through the trenches over the last couple of decades and has been through the struggle so much, I hope you are truly enjoy this. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and I say this because yeah, we, we had a tough loss against Bama, but I say this cause I say this a couple of weeks ago, this team was predicted to have the toughest schedule in the country so far. And it's this, the second week of November and we only have one loss. I honestly don't know what more we can ask for right now. That That is really one of the best scenarios that we can have right now. We're going to Athens, Georgia with just one loss in the top 10. So we're really enjoying some good football. And, and it's really a good time around the whole town and, and, around, and around the country for Rebel fans as well. You know, Ole Miss hasn't beaten Georgia yet, but it's just crazy to think of that Ole Miss is in the position they're in after playing one bad half of football with their whole wide receiver core injured and their running back injured. And that happens. Alabama wins the game. And it just feels like that is going to negatively potentially impact for Ole Miss football. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, the, the win was sour in our mouths. But at this point in the season, I also think it was kind of good for us. I think it gave our players a, a, a reality check that they may have needed in terms of especially going into this game this weekend and understand, okay, we've been through – a, a tough road battle before this year in, in, a, in a tough environment against a really good team that has proven to have a stab that has won national championships in the years before. And I think that that's given them the battle-tested experience that they need. Um, but here's the thing that I, I'd like to say in terms of how can we compete this weekend against Georgia. We've taken care of the ball really well over the last couple of weeks on offense. If we can, If we do that again this weekend, I really – think we have a chance this weekend we look really good our offense this weekend but dart has really been taking care of the ball i think he threw interceptions against vandy but other than that the last couple of weeks he hasn't had any turnovers um and played a really good game against lsu that week that weekend didn't didn't commit a turnover that's been really big for us and those are one of the key improvements i've seen from him so if we can continue to do that i think we have a really good shot this weekend yeah um we'll bring in Derek vandegrift as well um there he is right there. Hey, Derek, we're talking about basically we've moved on. Ole Miss number nine in the playoff rankings. And what is your initial reaction to the playoff rankings right now? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, still still need a ton of help, obviously, ahead of us. But first things first, we've got a giant game this Saturday before any of that even matters right now, right? So, uh, you know, keep, keep taking care of our own business and see if we can uh, get get a little bit of help in front of us, help us move up that pecking order a little bit uh, with uh, this this huge game in Athens. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. You know, um, if you look at this, Georgia right now is a 10.5-point favorite. And, and the way I look at it is you have to be a 10-point underdog or more for the game to actually be an upset. Because if the other team's favored by nine points and you win the game as an underdog, uh, it, it's not an upset. It, it's close enough to where weird stuff can happen. Mm-hmm. That line of demarcation for me is about 10 points. And at 10 and a half points, it, it's getting close to that ballpark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Ole Miss absolutely has a shot here. I, I think this number is way too high if Ole Miss just stays within itself and, and plays its game, right? Uh, it's about time people start talking about how elite Jackson Dart is. And the way he's played so far this year, he's uh, really improved as a decision maker. That's one thing that that he's really improved with this year. We we don't turn the ball over, and that's one reason that we've you know found ourselves in a position to be eight and one going into this huge game. Saturday is 
we don't turn the ball over and we get turnovers on top of that. So when when you can do those two things and you have the elite playmakers like Jackson Dark, Quinshawn Judkins, and then the guys out wide, Trey Harris, Wade, and, and Watkins, uh, pre-scoring's obviously been very, very good for us as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I think 10.5 is way too big. Uh, and, look, if, if Georgia's not ready to play this game, then they're in for a rude awakening come 6 o'clock Saturday night. Yeah, it's it's – now, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of working against Ole Miss. I think this is senior night in Georgia. I think this is a night that Georgia can clinch the East. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a night game in Georgia, and they don't play a lot of night games, so people are going to be jazzed up about that. I think this is going to be important for Ole Miss to not give away momentum, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, one one thing you failed to mention that is in our favor is they're honoring uh, Mark Rick the College Football Hall of Fame there in Athens as well, and we know that he could never win the big game there in Athens. So yeah, with that's him kind of a positive, field, right? Yeah, yeah. So with him being there, that kind of works in our favor a little bit. So so maybe some of that bad uh, bad luck that he had throughout his career there at Georgia will rub off a little bit on on Kirby Smart and the guys come, come Saturday night. Yeah, but look, this is an incredibly talented Georgia team. Uh, they, they have guys up and down the lineup. Their depth is incredible. They're not as fast as they usually are, but, you know, they're, they're still faster than 97% of the teams in the entire country. Like, you, you have to take all of that with a grain of salt. Um, Lane Kiffin and Charlie Weiss have to be licking their chops after watching the Missouri film last week, though. I thought Missouri really put some stuff on film that we really love to do, all these stretch runs to, to get guys sideline to sideline. That's one thing we do really, really well with uh, Judkins, Bentley, Dart when he's healthy. And I don't think he's, you know, 100% healthy at this point. So I don't know how much of that's going to end up helping us. But, look, we've got a dude in number nine out wide. And you give me a one-on-one matchup with Trey Harris against anybody in the country, and I'm going to throw it up to him and let him go make a play at this point. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I I saw your, your sack graphic you just put up there. Uh, mm. Me and Hitch actually just got done recording the show, and that was one of the things that I talked about was the uh, sack percentage there. Um, when you look at the numbers where we rank nationally, uh, Ole Miss is down at uh, 98th in – sack percentage allowed offensively but when you start mm-hmm. digging into it we've played the number one team in sack percentage defensively in AM, the number five team in arkansas number 11 with alabama auburn at number 44 Tulane at 47 i mean we, we play some really good fronts and this this offensive line and this scheme's been tested week after week after week and that's one thing that georgia really hasn't had so far this year they uh they rank uh ninth nationally offensively in sack percentage, but they've only played two top 50 sack percentage teams defensively with Auburn at 44 and Mizzou at 20. So I feel like this offensive line's a little more battle-tested, believe it or not, than, than George's is. It, it's not saying they're not talented. They're incredibly talented, obviously. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But this old Miss team can get after you if – if you give them a chance to, and that's one thing we've been really, really good at. We're eighth nationally in sack percentage, while Georgia's only 66. So we've got the more battle-tested offensive line. And I said this on our show with Hitch, it kind of blew his mind. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'll get your take on 
this is the third best defensive front that we face so far this year. I think Alabama and A&M is both better individually up front than Georgia is. Again, not saying they're not good. They're very, very good. Take off this with, with a grain of salt and understand the standard we're talking about. But this is not something this team hasn't faced before. And I think that's really going to work in our favor come Saturday. It's gonna. It's absolutely weird, Dalen. But um, I think that our game against Texas A&M was probably the best scout team for Georgia that you could have going from one game to the next. Yeah, you know, uh, a, a big talent kind of equalizer between the two teams, and I think the film that we watched this week against A&M is going to be very similar to what we see from Georgia. Look, I watched a presser from Kirby Smart this week. And he, he sounded really confident. And I'll say this right now, he's a, the best care coach in the country. They have not looked like the Georgia teams in the past, but don't be don't question his ability to put it on this weekend because, look, they're tired of hearing a lot of noise this year. Their schedule, can they do it without Brock Bowers? This isn't the same defense we've seen the last couple of years. They're tired of hearing a lot of the outside noise. So now they're getting that moment. They're getting a top-10 team at home on a night game, college game that's going to be there. They're in that moment as well, just as we are, to, and are hungry to prove that they can beat anybody in the country. And so I think it's going to be a dog battle, man. I, I Like I said uh, yesterday, uh, that those first couple of drives since the start of the game and the first drive coming out at a halftime are going to be really vital for us. Um, I've said it all season, uh, adjustments and momentum are two of the biggest things in football. How do we control those two things and work them in our favor in terms of how can we win this game this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Dids and Dalen, thank you very much. Brad Logan just hopped onto the stream a little bit, so I'm going to have to let you guys go. But thank you very much for joining the show, and we'll see you next week. All right, buddy. Thanks. All right, man. Take care, man. All right, Brad Logan is now joining us. We just did Dids. We just did um, Dalen Flowers and all that talking about Ole Miss and Georgia and the playoff rankings, Brad. Brad, have you had a chance to see the playoff rankings? I saw that uh, I think Ole Miss is nine is what I saw, uh, but I have not seen the remainder of the rankings. I felt that's where Ole Miss would probably land, uh, and um, yeah, I think that's a good spot. I think at the end of the day, you just have to uh, you have to win your games, and um, Ole Miss has a great opportunity on Saturday. Yeah, and it, it's a huge opportunity, and and you kind of like doing the history stuff like me um, online, and this Ole Miss and Georgia game, I'm trying to think of like. This has a chance to be such a nexus point for Ole Miss's football program, real similar to the 2014 Alabama game, which led directly to four access bowls in 10 years, or even going all the way back to the 1952 game that um, the win over Maryland that kind of announced Johnny Vaught's uh, sent onto the scene. This could be like Lane Kiffin's version of that moving forward. It is. The more I thought about it, the more I think this game is is – as big as the 2003 LSU game. You know, Ole Miss was, of course, 8-0 in the conference and an opportunity to go to Atlanta. But, you know, and you hate you hate to be that that guy, but this game is so much bigger than Atlanta. It's so much bigger mm-hmm. than just playing in the SEC championship game. There's implications that you could possibly play in the Rose Bowl against Michigan. Uh, there are implications that you could play in the college football playoff, and I can't believe that uh, they were actually talking about that. And here's mm-hmm. the thing. Someone asked me that I think Ole Miss was – would I pick them to win the game, and I probably wouldn't. But here's what I would say. There's not a scenario any better than Saturday for Ole Miss to go on the road to face Georgia than they're in right now. 
the team they're facing in Georgia and the team that they'll be taking to Georgia under the direction of Lane Kiffin. With Jackson Dart, I thought you had a great uh, comment is either on yesterday's show or the day before when you talked about this could be a legacy game for Jackson Dart, and I completely agree. This could be a game to where Jackson Dart, at some point, if he comes back, leads this team to another possible college football playoff or another big, you know, a big, huge season with the the players he's got coming back. And then, of course, what Lane can do in the portal and the high school recruiting. Right now, Ole Miss has seven out of the top ten Mississippi recruits committed to Ole Miss. Seven out of the top ten. That's never happened before. Mm -hmm. So, with all of that happening, Jackson Dart could be on the Mount Rushmore of college football at Oxford. And that's a big, big thing. That's a big possibility they could absolutely have happen. So, yeah. Especially not having Manning as a last name. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the numbers he's done, you know, Stephen, you talked about it. The numbers he's accumulated Mm -hmm. and the wins that he's accumulated. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, he's really – he's doing this. He's doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll see. It's at the point where even against Georgia – if he gets the ball with three minutes to go in the game and Ole Miss is down by four points, there's no doubt that he's going to drive down against that defense and score a touchdown. There's proof of concept at this point. There's, there, I don't want to compare him to like Joe Montana, but whenever he gets the ball in that situation, you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to be fine. It's not anything where you're worried about the moment being too big for him. You said, once again, either yesterday or the day before all mm-hmm. of the pods run together with everything I listened to. But I one do thing a lot you, of them. Well, I mean, uh, I believe it was you that said that Texas A&M has a better defensive front than Georgia. Yeah, that was me. And, and I agree with you. And, and nobody mm-hmm. else is saying that. And mm-hmm. um, I love what Ole Miss can do offensively when they throw Quinshawn Judkins open. That's what they're going to have to do against Georgia is throw open the running game. And with the advent of Caden Prescorn, We've seen that Jordan Watkins can catch the football with a broken hand. We've seen Trey Harris become a – I don't know, Steve. I don't I don't know how to put him up against another particular type of wide receiver as good as he is. He's one of the best I've seen uh, to wear the red and blue in quite a while. So, to put Trey Harris, Jordan Watkins, and then Dayton Wade, unbelievable the year that he's had. If they can throw Quinshawn open – throw Ulysses Bentley open, use Caden Prescorn. I don't know, man. I, I'm not sitting here saying to trying to convince myself that Ole Miss is going to beat Georgia. I'm just sitting here I'm, – I'm just saying that this is the best opportunity you could ask for. Yeah, it, it's nuts. And, you know, I, each week on my show, and we haven't done this week's show, so everybody hasn't – that's not going to be until Thursday night when the show with Bill Flowers comes on because he's become a very popular guest on my show. Um, on my channel, but it's a situation to where he's been calling all year for quick game, for quick game, for quick game. And against LSU, they used it and they became unstoppable. And they, and we thought maybe that was an aberration that LSU's defense was just horrible because LSU's defense is pretty bad, but they played against Texas A&M. Who's the number one SEC defense with everything going on. They did the same thing that they did against LSU, which tells me Bill's probably right. And, and by the way, um, I think he is too. But when you when you talk to Bill, please tell him that I really enjoy his commentary because a lot of a lot of the things I'll pick up that he'll say, and then I'll watch it happen on Saturday, which tells me he kind of knows what he's talking about. So please please tell it's, Bill. It's almost I, like he did it at a high level. It's almost right? like he was a really good receiver for Ole Miss. <laughs> uh, and by the way, quick plug 
interviewing Chris Mangum, uh, 1996 Ole Miss Rebel, who had a big game in the win, the last win that Ole Miss had in Athens. Uh, so we'll be interviewing Chris. That'll be airing at some point uh, this week. So I'm excited about talking to him. But yeah, I oh, love so talking have to you talked to him yet? No, I'll be have interviewing to- him at some point tomorrow. So that'll okay. be airing at some point next week or this week. Please name drop me. He's the one that went. I went to high school with Chris. I didn't know that. Yeah, he. he sure did. I was a sophomore when he was a senior at McGee High School. Okay. And and through initiation, the upperclassmen shaved the heads of the younger guy because um that was when hazing was okay. And Chris was the one that Bic Razor shaved my head. Um, yeah, but I, I I was there. Yeah, I I remember Chris. Chris lived like like a hundred yards from my house. Yeah, he uh, comes to every home game, sits right there on the south end zone, and a mm-hmm. uh, huge fan. But, yeah, we'll talk about that 96 game, and I'm going to kind of talk to him a little bit about the tight end play, about the advent of Caden Prescorn. By the way, I asked Caden Prescorn in the press conference uh, Monday, did he try to hurdle that dude? Do you remember the play? When, I when he think did he the karate did. Kick? I, yeah, I think he did, and he just didn't quite have the ups to do it. Well, he said that. <laughs> Every every time that somebody comes at him, he, they come at his knees, and this guy came yeah. up top, so he looked like he was trying to do a karate kick. But yeah, he said I was fixing to try to hurdle him. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I thought that was pretty good. But no, he's he's been the bright spot, uh, along with so many others. But he's been a big bright spot uh, on this offense, uh, not only catching the football but blocking. And you talk about blocking, man. I mean, you know, Jackson Dart sacked one time, mm-hmm. once against that vaunted Texas A and M defense. I mean. Nobody's talking about Quincy McGee. Nobody's talking about uh, how 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 good that uh, Jalen Williams comes in and plays. And, and Jeremy James is like I think it's his forty sixth start coming up. So you know, Ole Miss plays really good. Once again, I think you said this. Ole Miss plays really good in the first quarter and really good in the fourth quarter. Can they put four quarters together? I don't think they have to play great, but they've got to play pretty good, and they've got to win the the uh, the special teams battle. They cannot get blocked kicks. Fraser yeah. Mason cannot kick ten yard kicks. They've just got to be crisp in every aspect of the game. Yeah, and and you don't have to be great. This isn't the right. situation. And I learned this from Brian, um, Brian Kelly told this to Jaden Daniels, and it just resonated with me. And he's like, I don't expect perfection from you. I just expect excellence. And yeah. and perfection can be smothering to a player if you're trying to be because nobody can be perfect. But if you're just good and you're on top of it and you're focused and you're doing the best and trying to do the right thing on every time, more times than not, you're going to be okay. But I think in this um, Ole Miss Georgia game, one thing to pay attention to, you have to be careful not to basically get taken down by the avalanche. And whenever you play Georgia, whenever you play Alabama, whenever you play LSU, momentum swings can be big. They can be large, especially when you're playing on the road. So we have to be very judicious about when we go for it and things like that. We need to make Georgia create their own energy, in my opinion. Okay. I heard you say that the other day, and I agree. And here's here's why it's important. Lane Kiffin has got an immaculate record on the road in the SEC at night. Mm. I get that. But that record is against Auburn, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. It's not against LSU, Alabama, and Georgia. We've seen Ole Miss go on the road against Alabama. Mm. It implodes. We've seen Ole Miss go on the road against LSU last year. Mm. It's what, 17 to nothing? They imploded. What can they do to change that and not allow that to happen? 
at Georgia because it's a hostile environment. What are they going to do if Brock Bowers comes in the game? There was a report by Georgia, uh, gig, not Giggum, but Dogs or whatever, 247, that Bowers is expected to play, by the way. So if Bowers comes in, gets a long gain, all of a sudden you don't even sneeze, it's 14 to nothing Georgia. How do you keep that from happening? How do you keep composed? One thing you cannot do is if it's fourth and two on your own 35, you have to punt the football away. Yeah. Secondly, if you get down, you have to kick the field goal inside the 20 and it's fourth and eight. Um, don't do anything crazy on punt return. Kickoffs, kick them in the end zone mm-hmm. and try to cement the running game. That's the key on the road, running the football successfully. Once again, I'm afraid Ole Miss is going to have to throw open Quinchon, but if they can throw open Quinchon and Ulysses Bentley, that's a good start. But to me, if Ole Miss can get past the first quarter, either tied, ahead, or within three points, I think they've got a shot. The problem, I think, to me, is if Georgia goes up 14 to nothing, 21 to 7, it's just one of those leads you just can't quite get to. The good news, I think, for Ole Miss fans is is you've got Pete Pete Golding right now game planning against Kirby Smart in that offense. And it is a Georgia offense that just has not jumped off the page, but it is a very good offense. They don't have that receiver they normally have or they don't have that that big-time quarterback or that big-time running back, but they're a solid group. I do think Kirby – I should say, I, I do think that Pete Golding is doing a great job this year scheming teams specifically in the first quarter. What we've mm-hmm. seen is Ole Miss really struggle in the second quarter, in the third quarter, and specifically in the second half. Now, last week, a lot of credit, and nobody's giving any credit to Bobby Petrino for how he schemed Ole Miss in the second half. He did very good scheming Ole Miss offensively. Max Johnson threw it all over the field in the second half and did a great job. Obviously, Ole Miss withstood that and won the game. But what Pete Golding's got to do is they have to start out strong, just like they get against Texas A&M, to give themselves a chance. Here's the deal. Win quarter to quarter. On the road, hostile environment, win the first quarter, win the second quarter, lose the second quarter, win the third quarter. Give yourself a chance in the fourth quarter. That's what they have to do. Yeah. It, 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 if you get to five minutes to go in the game and it's a one-score game, if you get in a situation even oh, yes. to what Missouri had, yeah. I mean, I think Lane Kiffin would take it right now. I think what Lane Kiffin is of um, trying to prove is he doesn't want what happened to Kentucky to happen. That makes sense. Yeah, that that's true. Uh, yeah, and it makes you wonder too. Was Georgia sleepwalking a little bit last week, getting ready mm. for Tennessee, or getting ready for Ole Miss? And I don't know what Georgia thinks of Ole Miss. I don't know if they think that uh, they're just playing a team that they're going to boat race. It's just these two programs have not collided at all. Uh, you know, to, to have a whole lot of history. I mean. Yeah, it's it's, it's weird just, because it's, you're my, it's almost like you're two my out of conference teams playing because yeah. they don't play very much. Yeah, you're you're my age. You can remember when Georgia was a every year opponent. I remember mm-hmm. Lars Tate and Rodney Hampton and those guys, Garrison Hurst playing Ole Miss, and that was just an annual occurrence through the '80s and the '90s. Like the large part of my childhood was the Ole Miss and Georgia game. I was at the game in, I guess it was 1993, when Cassius Ware absolutely killed Eric Eric Sire. Yeah, Yeah, I was at that. And Abdul Jackson ran the fumble and it almost won that game. I I remember that. The Jeremiah was a bullfrog that the Georgia pan played. I remember all of that stuff. And 
them and Tennessee were yearly opponents for Ole Miss football. And after it went to divisions and everything, Ole Miss and Georgia kind of lost that. But I guess over the next two years, you get a little microcosm of it back because you go to Athens this year, next year they go to Oxford. And um, the 1990 game, one thing I talked with David Kellum, the voice of the Rebels, and he mm -hmm. talked about how everybody can be excited that there's going to be some audio from that 1990 catch that would no way be that be a catch uh, when Reed Hines caught the touchdown from John Darnell. No way in the world that's a catch in 2023. But back in 1989, it was a catch for sure. I think Rodney I, um, Hampton had like 350 yards that day. Um, I um. I actually hit Reed up on Facebook and just asked him, you know, it was like, was that a catch? And he will not answer the question. <laughs> it came up and he just came yeah. just went down and he just, he yeah. just went like this. Yeah. Will not answer the question. But yeah, I was at that game. I was at that game and I was at that is when you think of most clutch quarterbacks in Ole Miss history, John Darnell before this year was that guy because that year there was two games. There was the Rich Jebbia catch and the and Reed Hines yeah. catch against Tulane. But he also um, was unsuccessful in a last pass against LSU that year. I don't remember that. I, was that Tommy Hodson? Hey, Hodson. Uh, hey, Hodson. No, no. I think that was after. It was in 89. Okay. That may have been uh, and, Tommy Hodson. Tommy Hodson. Uh, how do you say his last H name? Hodson played in 86, so I yes. don't know if he would have had any Because Ole Miss fans had those T-shirts, Hodson yanked my Heisman. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that or not. But, anyway. but there was another one also that he had a chance to do. There was four passes into the end zone at the end of the game, and, jo and John Darnell got two of them. He did not get one of them. And what, Jackson Darnell he has three comebacks. That, 89, that was the same year. 89. That, mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. 90 was the year they went to the Gator Bowl. That was um, Tom Luke and Rush House. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. The hit. That the year. hit happened in uh, Arkansas. I mean, Little Rock. Yes. Um, was it Ron Dickerson and Chris Mitchell yeah. and all and, that? And Ron Dickerson, who would at one point be the assistant coach at Ole Miss under Houston Nutt. And I asked him about <laughs> that one day, and I thought he was fixing to punch me in the face. I thought he was just wanting to – I thought it would be cool to talk about it. Yeah. He didn't have any he, – he didn't want to talk about it. Okay. Yeah, that, let's, that, I want to look at this. I want to look at this. In uh, 1989, Ole Miss uh, started out 3-0, lost to Arkansas and Jackson. I remember that one. Uh, twenty four to seventeen. Then lost to Alabama. You remember they went, they went up twenty one to nothing, and lost that yes. game sixty two to twenty seven. Sixty two to twenty seven. Yeah. My goodness. They beat Georgia after the Reed Hines catch seventeen to thirteen. Mm -hmm. They beat Tulane on the Jebbia catch thirty two to twenty eight. Beat Vanderbilt. Lost to LSU and Oxford thirty five to thirty. That's going to be the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just don't remember that. I know. I, I'm sure I was there. And then of course they lost to uh, Tennessee and Knoxville. 33 to 21 and they beat Mississippi State 21 to 11. That was the next to last game. No, yeah, next to last game in Jackson. The next mm -hmm. year they played in Jackson, Ole Miss won 21 to 9. That was the uh, Gator Bowl year in 1990. And then 91 was the first year on campus. You know, yeah, John, John is fun, man. I talk to him every home game and uh, mm -hmm. we kind of go over the injury report and what we hear. And he, uh, he is so just – I mean, Ole Miss could be playing Alabama or they could be playing, you know, uh, Delta State, and he is right here. I mean, he is just yeah. very level. And, I, you know, down at Tulane, I, I, I saw a beer can. That that was the most raucous environment I've ever personally – I was actually scared I was going to get hit that. So I walked into the end zone, 
where all the students were in the south end. And it's not a ton of people in that stadium, uh, Yulman Stadium, but it was slam-packed, and it was about 3,000 degrees. It was a 2.30 kick, and every student in there, I think, had a a 16-ounce tall boy in their hand. Hmm. And Jalen Williams turned around, and a couple other players I won't name, they did. Jalen didn't do this, but a couple other players had a couple things to say because, man, the things they were saying, and I, I never hmm. reported this because it was awful. The stuff coming out of that student section, the, the words they were using, and me and John were looking at each other. He said, man, we got to get out of here. And hmm. As soon as I said that, right over the top of my head came a tall boy about that tall, full. And I thought, man, that's like $15 worth of beer, yeah. and they're trying to hit me with it. But anyway, it landed right over there, and it kind of – shimmied about and i thought man we got to get out of here and they were dog cussing me and john they didn't know me from adam i was like why are you cussing me i mean i, 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 have, I didn't have any old miss clothes on or nothing yeah. and they were just making fun of me so anyway it was wild so uh but yeah i mean that was that was crazy and uh anyway we walked over there he's just he was like boy i tell you that was uh that, that, that was a pretty wild environment brad i tell you uh, so so what do you know about uh what, what do you know about uh pre-scoring what do you think just, just as easy, man. He's such a great guy. I love talking to him. Yeah, I would, I would love to, um, to have a conversation with John, just because that that would have been awesome. when I was, when I was like thirteen years old. That eighty nine. He, he's my quarterback. That's what I told him. He's mm-hmm. my Ole Miss quarterback. He's the, the quarterback I grew up watching. I mean, I grew up when I was in the yard. Man, mm-hmm. I'm Darnell. I, yeah, I wore it, number four out in the front yard with my helmet on throwing it. My dad throwing me the ball. I said, Daddy, I'm John Darnell. I'm throwing to Pat Coleman and Willie Green. Mm. Randy Baldwin in the backfield. Let's uh, do this. Air Force are going down. Yep. Dawson Pruitt at center. Mm. I mean, just such a such a, just a great lineup. You know, I'm going to put this up, um, this graphic up real quick and I'm going to see, maybe you can see it, but this was my keys from, um, I guess it was Tuesday show. But Let's see. Eventually, it's going to come up. There we go. All right. This is Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Judkins game. Anytime you play a Georgia team like this, it's kind of Alabama rules from pre-2015. I think Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Judkins have to be stars. They have to show up. Um, I think Ole Miss has to put together the first complete game of the season. And I think the Rebels have to believe they're going to win, not just hope they're going to win. And there's a lot of teams that hope they can beat teams like this but as soon as something goes wrong, it turns into the avalanche. What do you think? I can go ahead and tell you number three, you can just mark it off. I've already talked to people inside the Manning Center. They're not hoping they're going to win. They're going over there to win. I can promise you. So there's no doubt about number three. Um, yeah, number one, I agree. I think it's a big game for both of them. But in order for them to have a big game, it's got to be some pretty good games from some other guys too. Like Dayton mm-hmm. Wade's got to have a good game. Uh, Jordan Watkins is going to have to step up. That offensive line's got to do a good job protecting Jackson Dart. Jackson's got to protect the football. He's done a great job of doing that all year. Quinchon's been done great. Ulysses Bentley has done great too, protecting the ball. That's one thing Ole Miss cannot do. I hope everybody's sitting down that's listening and watching. They can't turn it over. Um, you know, and <laughs> I mean, they really can't. I'm not just saying that to be funny. They they really can't turn it over. No, that, that, um, that's the same thing I say whenever I talk about Ole Miss needs to play clean. That's like a free space. Yeah. I know it's like football one-on-one, but it needs to happen. Yeah, the, the line of scrimmage, people talk about that. I mean, I don't know if they can dominate that, but 
you know, if Uku's going to be okay and he comes back, I thought, man, I thought Jared Ivey played a heck of a game on Saturday. Uh, he's really good. You know, he's a, he's a uh, Gwinnett County, mm-hmm. uh, former Gwinnett County guy. I mean, he knows all about the, this, this Georgia team. He transferred in from Georgia Tech. So, I think he'll be a nice asset for that team. But, yeah, I mean, Randall Joyner in that defensive front, I just think they're going to play big. And uh, nobody's talking about the linebacker play. I thought Baptiste played well. I thought, you know, Perkins didn't play a lot. You know, Tennyson, they brought him down from corner to linebacker. Just he's a little bit bigger, a little bit more experienced. And, you know, the secondary's been playing so good. They With Gaddy and the rest of the crew, they they feel pretty good about it. And so they just dropped Tennyson down. So we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, defensive front, to me, that's where it's, you know, can they put pressure on Beck? I mean, that's, you know, I don't know how good Georgia's offensive front is, but I haven't been too terribly impressed with 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 the Georgia this year versus the Georgia of years past. I mean, once again, I can't with good conscience sit here and say, I think the Rebels are going to win. I think the score is 38-30. I, I just I can't do that. But what I can say is, like I said earlier, if you could line it up and you could write it out, and I said, Stephen, all right, here's the things that that have to happen. Here's a scenario that has to happen for Ole Miss to have a chance on the road. Everything they have is in front of them. And I'm going to say this, too, and I'm going to get a lot of kickback on this, and that's fine. I'm a big boy. I can take it. I don't think this is a free shot. And the reason I don't think it's a free shot is because I don't think the kids or the players and the coaching staff are going over there just like, you know what, 11 and a half, we've had a pretty good year. Let's just go have a good time and play. I don't think they're doing that. And here's why I don't don't think think it's a free shot, because if they lose the game, all of the college football playoff talk is gone. Now, it's an access bowl. You can win at ULM. You go down to start for a win. You play insert school here and the insert your favorite condiment bowl here. and Or maybe it's even a peach. Maybe it's cotton. Great bowl game. But it's not a playoff game. So mm-hmm. that's why I don't think it's necessarily a free shot because you have played so well up to this point. You've beaten some really good teams. You beat LSU. You beat – Texas A&M, you beat Auburn on the road. You beat a really good Tulane team at Tulane. Now Georgia Tech's winning some games. By the way, you won that game. Ole Miss has had a really good year. They've set themselves up to where, you know what, Stephen, this is not a free shot. This is an opportunity to go win the game and continue the season. You know, this is an interesting thing that I just thought of, that um, Jared Ivey, Zamari Walton, Akella Stone, Georgia Tech guys, you think yeah. those guys want to win this game? Yeah, I mean, there's no love lost between the Ramblin' Wreck and the the Georgia Bulldogs mm-hmm. for sure. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to say it publicly, but I can guarantee you uh, they want this one bad. They mm-hmm. want it really bad. And this is where, you know, I said this on my show, but this is where Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Judkins and Trey Harris, this is where you make your money personally. Mm-hmm. This is where you make your personal money because all eyes are going to be, I mean, the Herb Street, Fowler, and uh, Holly Rowe on the call. So you've got the preeminent game on ESPN. And so everybody's going to be watching this game. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, this is where if you show out draft and, you know, I I get the draft analysts and all that they're watching, but here, here's who else is watching the owners, the general managers, that's the ones that draw out the checks. So uh, this is a a game where if Trey Harrison shows out or, you know, maybe Jared Ivey shows out or JJ Pegues, who's who's been playing really well shows out. This is when they can get some pretty big checks cut uh, at the end of the year when they go in the NFL draft. Yeah, and you have a situation. Um, Mike Dettelier was on the Bow Bound show, I think it was. Yeah, um, he's on last there a lot. week. 
And he was asked about Jackson Dart. And he's like, hey, Jackson Dart needs to come back to school. And if he comes back to school, he has a chance to be the top quarterback in the draft for the next year. And I was like, okay, you're going from we, – we've all seen him. Jackson Dart's putting up unbelievable numbers. He's on pace for – here, let me put this up real quick. What I think you at? said 3,800 yards. Yeah, he's at 160 of 244 attempts, 2,467 yards. If he averages 300 yards a game for the last three games of the regular season, he's going to be looking at about 3,400 yards okay. And if you count 300 in the bowl game, he's probably going to hit 3,700. If you add his rushing total on top of everything, that's going to add an additional 500 yards. He might set the single season record for total offense from Ole what, Miss. What is his um, What is his uh, projection on touchdown to interceptions? He's got 16, so I figure right now he's at looking at about 20 touchdowns and about five interceptions for the year. Well, you have to factor in, too, the, the competition. Mm. And I thought about that when I heard those numbers that you were saying. Uh, let's just say he throws for one. If Ole Miss plays really good, and even if they don't win the game, if they're within a touchdown or three points, he's probably going to throw for roughly 180 to 220 if he has a really good game, uh, maybe a touchdown. But where he can really rack them up is in the next two weeks over Monroe and um, who knows what State's going to look like in a couple of weeks. I mean, I understand it's a rivalry game, but. At some point, you know, none of that really matters. It's about the players. And Lane Kiffin doesn't care about rivalries. We know that. So, And he sure doesn't care about the Mississippi State rivalry. He's been very adamant about that. So uh, that's an opportunity for Jackson Dart to really ring it up if uh, if you that's know, something he chooses to do. You know, speaking of Mississippi State, that they are real close to doing something that's going to set their program back five to ten years. They are real close to panic doing that. And that well, is firing Zach Arnett. I think the best thing that could have happened for Mississippi State is um, is for Dr. Keenum. And I just had this conversation with a good friend who is in the – he's with Mississippi State. And, and I said, you know, here's what I would have done. And I mean, I know everybody over there. It's just some great people in Starkville. And I said, here's what I would have done. If I were Dr. Keenum, I would have said, you know, Coach Arnett, we're in a tough spot. And we want to thank you for what you've done after Mike passed. Will you be our coach for a year on an interim basis? We will evaluate at the end of the year, and then we'll we'll talk to you. And maybe it, we're not saying this is a job interview. We're just asking you to get us through this year. Mm -hmm. You can hire your staff, and that will be great. We will support you. We'll give you a nice ways to do it. But at the end of the year, we'll we'll evaluate. They didn't do that, and now they're in a tough spot. Um, mm -hmm. You know what? They could go to College Station and win, and they can rally the troops to win six games and go to a bowl game. Um, you know, it, anything can happen. But I just think that they put themselves in a tough spot when they kind of turned over the reins because it just, you know, it just hasn't worked. It just mm -hmm. hasn't worked. And, and the funny thing is, the, the the see, the air raid for is like jet fuel, fuel. It's like ethanol in your engine. Once you start putting it in there, you have to keep putting it in there. If you try and go cold turkey off of the air raid, it never works out. You learned that Jackson Dart last year was not that, not a superb quarterback, not what he is this year, because he had to get the air raid from USC out of his system. Will Rogers is going through the same thing with this offense this year. It's just not there. The air raid is something that you desperately have to keep doing, or it's going to go really poorly for you. And right now, it just 
it just is. It, it, it's they have a whole bunch of people that's designed for a completely different different system of football, trying to run this other stuff, and it, it's not going to work out. And you know they got beat by Auburn. They've got A and M, and you know A and probably might not have Max Johnson because apparently Max Johnson the last drive broke some ribs or something. He did, and I think they're starting running back uh, towards ACL. Yeah, so. it, it 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 was definitely it's not even a pyrrhic victory. What's it's like a devastating loss for um, Texas A and M. So, so that, but you know this, they beat Texas A and M, then they beat Southern, and that gets I don't know what's a record four and five right now. Yeah, I I I, I don't think they're beating Texas A and M. I don't think there's a I don't think they can. Who score. else do they have left? It, I know they've got A and M and Southern and Ole Miss. That's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. 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 And and, and, and honestly, I think. Whoever scheduled that Southern game five days before the Ole Miss game needs to be fired with cause, because that would be that would be the equivalent of Ole Miss scheduling Memphis the Saturday. Well, I mean, the you State know, game. let's be fair. Southern's really struggling, and State should not have any trouble with Southern. Although they, but they, Western Michigan's third string quarterback completed ninety percent of his passes for Western Michigan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's we'll see. Man, and, I have got to well, run. Hey. Thank you so much, Brad, for doing this, and um, we'll talk to you later, man. Man, talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Bye. All right, that was Brad Logan from Inside the Rebels, um, Mac South High School Sports, all of that stuff. We're about to get off the air. I do want to thank everybody that have watched the show and hang, hung out. This, like I said, this is the Shark Take Live. We're going to try and have a little bit of fun. We're going to try and do all that stuff, um, but – I, I'm I'm just um, really happy with what this show is becoming. Um, Ole Miss in Georgia this weekend. Ole Miss is a ten and a half point favorite. Anyway, subscribe to the channel if you have not. Please do. If you have, please tell a friend. And if you listen to this show on another medium, please go over to the YouTube page and subscribe. Now, until next week, I do want to say, take care. Have a good day. We'll see you later. And hotty toddy. <laughs>